0: Welcome back to Real Deal Talk, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are. My guest today. Been waiting to get this guy in here. Took a minute, though. It Took a long minute. <laughs> Corey Withrow, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, former NFL football player, okay, number one. Number two, owns the King's Craft Coffee Company right now. Got a couple, what, a Couple locations so far? Yeah, a couple locations. Okay, a couple locations. One up in uh, Poway area. Yeah, and one in Mission Valley, from what I remember. Yep. Right. Okay. Nice. And we'll get into a little bit of that as, a little bit later as well. But okay. uh, today, you know, what we're gonna do. you know how we do. it. We're gonna dig in here, and this guy's got a. I've heard I've heard bits and pieces of his story before, <laughs> but 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 today we're gonna dig in a little further. Yeah, you let's Because I just heard some bits and pieces, sure rumors about your story. Mm-hmm. You ready? <laughs> you, yeah. you ready to dig in and share a little bit of this uh, crazy story you got? Yeah. This, can this we testimony? What?
1: Can we talk about, though, like, I know that we've not, like, met. Yeah. I mean, we've we've met and we've done this thing, but the first time mm-hmm. we met yeah. was at uh, Emerge, the, our men's conference that we have oh, with yeah. our church. So we met at Awaken, through Awaken. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and I was doing, I was part of, like, uh, helping with all the games and... Part of mine was you had to you had this sled with all this weight on it and the team was up pulling the rope and you had just come from an event where you just broke your nose. Yeah. And you guys were hitting with bags or something like that. And you come over and you got stuff jammed in your nose. Yep. (laughs) And you're up and you're on the front line of pulling this thing and you're looking good. You got blood all over your shirt and the ropes the rope off the sled slips or or something happens and you end up punching yourself in the dang nose yeah and it was a complete waterfall like yeah. I mean a complete it was the bloodiest coolest not coolest because you kind of had this I'm gonna crush someone's face look on your in your eyes but I'm like oh my gosh I've never seen a nose bleed like that do you remember that how could I forget that was that so, was awesome
0: my teammates. You know, tied this, yeah, they tied a bunch of weights on the end, right? It was, right. was freaking heavy, yeah, 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 yeah. And apparently, the knot they tied wasn't a good knot, so the knot came undone as I was literally pulling hundreds of pounds up a hill, and it, and, it was just sand, and, too. And it literally went yeah. right into my nose, and it, yeah, as and I had just gotten the bleeding to almost stop, yeah, from the broke because I broke it at the prior event, right. uh, in a gauntlet where a guy put his shoulder into my nose. I had a pad, but his shoulder. Crushed my nose. Mm. I had literally just gotten to stop. Yeah, and and then there it went. Oh my! god I was more pissed that I couldn't finish the event. Yeah, than the, than what my was happening to my nose because I knew right. that they needed me to pull that thing up. That because it, was yeah, it took forever after. And then because after you that, had to go. And that was it. it. Took we, forever. We basically was... lost that event because yeah. it took forever. Yeah. So that's good. That's, that, that was awesome. Was, that was our first meeting. Huh? That was
1: our first our first meeting. Your I first... was super insignificant. It to you in your life but if to me i was like dude that was awesome that's yeah. amazing so it was super significant yeah so, wow yeah. yeah
0: so i inspired
1: you oh well I, well <laughs> i mean you've you since then yeah. definitely have inspired me but then at that point i was like wow that's i mean you're tough yeah that's like, cool it was cool it was cool all right so i'll take that
0: all right so let's enough about me okay mr withrow let's get back to you buddy
1: let's do it where were you born and raised where, where are you from Born and raised Eastern Washington, uh, Spokane, Washington spent my, uh, majority of my whole childhood there, like my whole childhood there. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it's funny, like when I tell, I talk about my testimony and I talk about things that, that I, I, I mentioned how I was raised because, um, you know, being in a locker room for as long as I was in a locker room, people think, oh, well, these, that that only certain people came up a, di- a certain way. And if you're of a different color or you're this, then, then you had everything given to you and you had, and, and so for me to, to explain my, my childhood and my upbringing in that, you know, it wasn't all, oh, man, this was a great childhood. My folks got divorced when I was four. My dad was killed when I was eight. Mm. Um and my mom did an amazing job of raising, you know, four kids. And uh, my step my, my mom got remarried when I was fifteen, and you know my stepdad's still in our lives. He's still around. He's he's an awesome dude. But um, having to you know battle as a kid was it, it it that part like battling in in society as young young boys and young men it's not always a bad thing that you have to overcome some stuff, you right. know? Yeah. And I, and I think that, um, as me kind of telling that part, like starting out by telling that part of my story is like, man, I'm not, I'm not any different than anybody else. I've, I've had the battle and, you know, I'm grateful for it. And that's, that's like, really, that's kind of the story We we could be done by now. Like you ready to be wrap this thing up. No. Oh, okay. Shoot. All right. Sorry. What, are you kidding me? So you had
0: three brothers and sisters, then?
1: So um, I have like so. I've got a blended family. Okay. Um, blended when I was uh, when I was fifteen. But when when you
0: you said that uh, oh, when yep. your
1: dad? Yeah. No, uh, when they divorced at four. Yeah. So divorced at four. I had a brother, older brother, older sister. Um, I was four. Yep. Sister six, brother eight, um, and then my mom is just she's a badass. She's a beast. Oh. We lived in a two-bedroom apartment, and she gave my sister a room, and she gave my brother and I a room, and she slept on the couch. Wow. And, I mean, just – she's just a champ. Like, just – and you Amazing. would never would never know. She would never even – she was like, no, nah, that's what I had to do. Yeah. Yeah. She just did her job. She's did humble. It. Yeah. So then Pops, how did, how did Pops – He said he was killed. Yeah, he was um, moved to Whitefish, Montana, uh, was a wrestling football coach, and they were coming back from a wrestling tournament – um, in 1984, and a uh, bus was climbing a hill, and there was an oil tanker jackknifed across across the road. The bus couldn't stop. The bus hit it and exploded. And so it was like up until I don't know, maybe th- I don't know, five, ten, five, five, six years ago, it was the deadliest car crash in Montana history. Has this been on TV? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so but um so it was his coaches the four cheerleaders that were at the tournament his his coach's wife and one of their kids and the bus driver all died all the wrestlers oh. his his wrestlers were bad dudes man they were just he was he was a hard coach and they were well trained and they got one of the kids and all the wrestlers got and they got out the back and all survived wow yeah and it was snowing like crazy and they wow yeah no it was um you gotta be kidding me, man so what did you get the phone call what what what? yeah so i mean you know it's it's so different like we we talk about how we grew up all the time like um as kids you didn't have a cell like we couldn't my mom would never she'd be like lights come on you better your bike had better be home um so we had the phone on the wall and we're just sitting around one evening and my mom answers the phone with a really long cord on the wall and and she's just like, "Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh!" And turns around and she goes, "Your dad was just killed." And that was like, "You're we like, holy crap! Like, really?" And then we got the like, detail. Like, we were just sitting on the couch and probably watching one of three channels that we got on the TV. You know what I'm saying? And that. Uh, and you said you were, were you were eight at the point? I was eight.
0: Yeah. So you can you can kind of you remember that then? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah.
1: Yeah. Were you just like, wait, what, mom? Are you? Yeah. You just. Yeah, it was just weird. It was. Uh, my mom is she's not like a crier she's not she's just she's just tough and yeah very just always she can sit glass half full type of person and turned around it was just like tears in her eyes and just like yeah man she goes your dad was just killed and we're just like so we knew that i mean obviously it's nothing that you ever joke around about but it was just it was just it, yeah. it was just, the, the finality of it was so real And so what
0: happened after that? Like, what was the next, uh, like, did you you say, okay, let's, um, I mean, this is unbelievable.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, I I think at that point, too, she had remarried because I, yeah, she did because I was eight. I had, uh, I have a, a, a younger sister. So she had remarried and I'd gotten really, just really angry. You had? as a kid, yeah. like, And I was a bigger kid, like a big old chubby kid. So after the divorce? The divorce was like, I didn't, they did such a good job of. of, um, Co-parenting, whatever you call it? I mean, not even that, because he was never around. He lived in Montana, and we lived in Washington. So we saw him two, maybe three times a year, and she just did such a good job of like life is, but there's nothing, nothing, and you're just, as a kid, you're like, oh, this is what we do. And that's how we rolled. Like, it wasn't, there was, like, we didn't skip a beat. She was just like, okay, big Irish family. The, my grandparents were around. My uncles were around. My grandparents' uh, brothers and sisters, you know, were around still. And so it was just, like, everybody kind of took care of each other. And it was, um, you didn't really, like, it didn't, there was no, um, oh, man, I miss my dad. It was like, you, you talked to him on the phone if it, if he called, or... We would go see him in got the it. summer. We go see him in the winter. He was a teacher, so he couldn't like you know have these breaks or whatever. So, and and then you were saying that you were a tough kid, like you were. You, you said you were angry. Yeah, I got really, really. At angry. what age? I probably right. I mean, I was always kind of a meathead. Like yeah. I've always been that. Like yeah. I think it's kind of like pain is probably because I have an older brother, and 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 that'll do it. I, I had the older brother that would like he would. When he was old enough to babysit, my mom would leave, and he would just wait, and he'd hear the car door shut, and hear the car pull away, and he'd look at me, and he'd be like, "You've got three seconds to run." I'm like, "Come on, man. We can't. I can't run. I'm fat. You you can't chase me down." Oh man, I don't. And I don't know how because we just like, I just ate crap, and it was just. I don't. Man, I was just. I was a a round kid, and and I'd I'd try to like uh, rationalize with him. And in the re- rationalization he'd be like one or <laughs> like but come on, you don't even have to be a jerk, two. And then and then I just think, Okay, I might as well try to run and probably I get like four or five steps in and then the beat down would come and then my sister would try to like get involved and she try to like protect me, and I'd get mad at her, she'd slap the crap out of me. I mean, it was just one of those things where like, like I kind what age of, was this? Gosh, I don't, I mean, I, as far back as I can remember, he would, uh, he he loved that game. He loved the run game. Just he really loved Just it. give me a beatdown. Yeah, uh, yeah. And just, I mean, we didn't have like, we didn't even have an Atari or anything like that. We didn't have anything for him to play, you know, so he was just like, I'm just going to go ahead. We're going to play beat Corey up today. <laughs> and so it was just, uh, but I think all. All siblings should be raised with a little bit of like that toughness. They should they should be able to like go f- it, figure it out. Go outside and figure it out.
0: Yeah. Anybody that has an older bro- a brother that has an older brother, yeah, is usually pretty damn tough because the older brother freaking keeps them a beat down. We my mom and I just talked about this. Yeah. Because there's kids on my flag football team, mm-hmm. and you can tell that the t- the kids that are the toughest have older brothers. You're right. It's right. like a thing. Yeah.
1: And so they're all, they've got, like, so this would competitiveness. The, would he punch you in the face? Oh, would man, he, just... he would hold me down and, like, give, you know, you give, the like, the tap on the chest. Or yeah. he'd be telling me he's going to spit in my face. And drill the spit down and suck it back up. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, the stuff. The rug burns or the face burns or whatever. Or, and if I ever beat him in a sport, if we were playing kickball, we played baseball, we played a lot of baseball or wiffle ball or whatever. If I ever beat him in a sport, oh, man, the beatdown was real. It, it was coming. Mm-hmm.
0: And he's what? Two years old? Four. You? Four. Yeah. Oh,
1: what's you know, your relationship with them? With oh, the we're like the best friends. Oh, like, yeah. oh my god. Do you talk about that? Oh, of course. No. And the, he we- always says you're welcome. <laughs> you know. He always <laughs> is. Oh so, yeah, no, it's it's it's. Uh, okay, so tell me, you said you were angry. What what made you angry? I think the the finality of it. Like, no, wait, that's not supposed to happen. I'm I'm not, I'm too young to be fatherless. Yes. Okay. Even yeah. though. That's what triggered it. You yeah, think? I think. I mean, I think so. I think. Yeah, I know so. Yeah. Because I remember being at the funeral and like watching kind of people cry, and it was sad, and I just got mad, you know, and just because I couldn't, I couldn't articulate the, the pain, so anger was a great way to do it. Yeah. And um, it was just one of those things where it it was it was really easy for me to translate that into into sport. Into anything that I did, right. whether it was baseball, I played baseball at a really young age. Um, football, when I started playing football. What age did you start playing football? Um, seventh grade. Seventh, seventh grade. So grade. I was eleven. Mm-hmm. Eleven. Mm-hmm. And uh, did, you took to it immediately. No, I did. Well, I did because I, I, it was, <laughs> the the greatest thing because I again, like I was this chubby kid. I wanted to be like i was looking for a place to fit in when you
0: start getting tall like when were you cause you're not tall was, you, six four what are you uh,
1: six three, six, three. I, I was a late bloomer yeah so i didn't start getting so i didn't start like growing until like going into my ninth my freshman year of yeah. high school um and so i wanted so i'm on this team with all my friends and we do like a bowl in the ring and i'm in there and it's I'm realizing that after the first couple of people that I'm beating, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty good. Okay, at this. so describable in the ring. You and I, I know what it is. Okay. Right. So you stand in the middle. Yeah, right. And, and we only probably had like 17 or 18 guys on our. We had a small, like little, it, we didn't have Pop Warner back then. It was just like youth through like yeah. the YMCA type football. But we had pads on and everything. And so you're, so all 17 or whatever, however many teammates you got are, are in a big circle. And then, then the coach calls out two guys in the, and they go in the middle of the circle. And they basically go until you either put the other guy, knock him down, or the once someone gives up, or you or you drive him out of the circle. And you were, are you wearing pads? Yeah, padded up. Okay. Yeah. And so And you can wrestle and stuff too,
0: right? Yeah? With yeah, it's, wrestle, it's like
1: it's 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 just kind of uh like a toughness drill. It's yeah. not the technique is out the window and I don't right. know back then if there was a ton of technique anyway. And, <laughs> um and so after the first couple of people that I was like, okay, I, I, had, I knew how to leverage. I knew how to, like, I didn't like, like the, the pushback. And it probably goes back to me, like, battling yeah, someone gonna... who's four years older than me. Yeah. And uh, I got a funny story with that. And, and anyway, and I just I just kept going, I kept winning. And I kept winning the coaches. So fire. you stayed in the middle. I stayed in. And I didn't really get tired. And either. they kept
0: calling somebody. Yeah.
1: Okay, you're up. Okay, now the biggest guy's up. Okay, now the fastest guy. And they kept calling people in. you got to be exhausted after like three, four, five guys. Well, I was, my competitiveness kicked in, which I didn't know that I had. And adrenaline. And it, when it kicked in, it, it, and so it was just, it just kept driving me. And I just felt good to win. And the coach comes in and hits me on the helmet. He's like, oh, man, you're doing so good. And I start crying in the circle. And I'm like, he's like, why are you crying? And I didn't want to tell him, well, I'm beating the crap out of all my friends. I don't know if they're not going to like me or not after this sucker's over with. You know what I mean? Yeah. And But I was too prideful. Like, I didn't want to let them win because they were my friends. But I was still worried about them, me not being able to fit in. And you know, obviously at the end of it they're like, Oh my gosh, you're so good at this but like that was my thought man, like, Why are you cr-? and I don't know why I started crying? And I just but I kept going and I kept like, well I worked that circle, man. I worked it. I'm like, I'm all right at this. And so from that point on, I'm like, Okay, we can uh we maybe maybe can do this. And like maybe a week before I was still playing soccer, right? Yeah. I still thought I was fast, you know, I thought I was, you know, an athlete and there's such a difference in to the sports, right? Like, you've got this anaerobic versus aerobic versus right. the run versus the, yeah. you know, my, my fat legs would run and my shorty shorts would, would hike up and i get the raspberries between the legs. Oh. You know what I mean? You, just, you probably don't. You were always jacked and awesome. No. And, um, I was a skinny runt back then. <laughs> but, um, and then putting the pads on was just like, oh, man, this, it felt pretty natural. Wow. And you were saying something funny about you? I think it was your brother. Oh yeah. So my when 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 I so I kept playing, and in high school going into college, we would, and he was a good football player too. And then he went, you know, he was in college, and I was still in high school, and going to go play in college, and or no, my senior year of high school, and we would literally we call it the mattress drill, which is kind of funny, is you we would s- set up a like a twin mattress in our backyard and that was a quarterback and we'd set up cones and we'd no pads no nothing and we called it the mattress drill and we'd go one-on-one against each other who could sack the mattress so we'd one-on-one pass rush and one-on-one he would rush me and then we'd switch and we'd switch every like and we would probably do it for an hour non just just non-stop and just laugh about it and the mattress drill and this and we'd try this and, and uh so every, so when I when I went on to play in college and stuff, he, again he would be like, "Yeah, that's because we did the mattress drill. That's why you're there." And I'm like, yeah, "Probably, yeah, yeah." So he takes a lot of credit for some stuff. Yeah, of he, should. he should. He should. He, should. he should. should. Yeah.
0: So you took naturally to that, and then so the the anger that you had, what, what how did it translate into school, your friends, like, uh, what, where was the anger coming out in?
1: Just really in sports. sports, like I could control mm-hmm. it. In in I mean, it, as long as I could have that outlet, I was not like I was the guy that people um, like to be. I was not a, a jerk as a as a as a friend. I was a. I, I feel like I'm a good friend. I feel like um, uh, my schoolwork. It was one of those things where I was always kind of you know JoJo the circus clown. I'd be like that guy in school because yeah. I wasn't like super bright in I couldn't sit still, and I was just um, uh, all over the place. I couldn't sit still. I couldn't be like, oh, my gosh, this is so – and it, as, as as funny as I, like, look back on it, it, it was super interesting. There was a lot of great stuff to learn. I just had a problem, like, locking in, like, focusing in. And it, it took me until – I kind of had to learn to learn. Yeah. And so uh, at what point would you say that you
0: started to – get over the fact that your father was gone or did you ever did you ever heal from it did you ever
1: oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um i don't that's a really good question i think that um i don't know that's that's like, I, like there wasn't think, anything specific yeah, where i just find like oh well i'm i, but, I find peace
0: in this I and know. then and then sports is specific specifically football was it a great outlet Oh yeah, for your ang. So at it what was. point did you, besides that drill, did you, you you realize that ooh, I'm I'm actually pretty good at this? It was the drill number one. Yeah, and it, then what what did the coaches do at that point when you were just f- crushing this circle? We're like,
1: whoa, okay. Yeah, it's funny because the coaches were volunteers, and it was like it wasn't. And, and when and I don't know if this was like it like back east, we played like junior high football. Like there's Pop Warner all the way until you get to high school out here. Out there, it was no, you were junior high and you had an eighth grade team and you had a ninth grade team and then you were in high school. And um, so the coaches were just like, oh my gosh, you're crazy and we like it. And, And then next year, I had a different set of coaches. And so they didn't, they were just like, okay, let's see what we got. And then it just kind of started all over again. But the confidence that I think that I brought from every year that I played. It just kind of built on each other so I could, um, like, master the game a little bit more. Right. Like, like, like turns into a chess game, right? You know, as, as you coach, you you like, okay, well, we know we got uh, the kid who's over there looking at his mom. We're going to throw the ball over there. They're going to catch it, and that kid's not going to – and we're going to score a touchdown. We're going to win the Super Bowl, you know? Like, yeah. that's probably your game plan. I think it was. I was watching you. <laughs> Greatest flag football coach on the planet, this guy right, right here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We had fun. Oh man, it
0: was a blast. You guys killed it. We did okay. It was fun. We did okay. We made the best of it. Yeah. But uh, okay, so <laughs> that's funny, man. <laughs> yeah. The, the the first game of the we ever played, we were just trying to get him to run the right direction. You know. Yeah. At uh, one point, Johnny ran straight to the sidelines because the coach said, "Run that way." He meant run around the sidelines. Yeah. So Johnny just went straight that way. Right. It sounds so, like he's a good listener. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> right. I said, Coach, he did what you told him to yeah. do because that's when I wasn't coaching. Yeah. He said, Johnny, run to the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, like to cut it up. Yeah. He didn't say turn and cut up. He just said run to the outside. Yeah. Assuming that he knew, and he just took the ball and literally, literally ran to the next field. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> All right, cringe. so, so then oh, what position do you play right away? We play defense off. Like, what did they both both offense,
1: both offense and defensive line yeah and you weren't really put my a, hand down you weren't that developed to put your hand down that's right no uh, and the three point, the yeah. point yeah yeah yeah. They're yeah like you're too heavy to play anything else you got what was your what was your height and weight at this point oh like, man I don't, I don't know i don't like, know how fat I, were you i was so so my mom this is how awesome my mom is we, your there was mother a... sounds exactly
0: like my mother by the way oh my gosh like identical
1: positive
0: positive yeah. yeah raised me so low yeah. It's my, how I got my entire
1: out, uh, outlook on life was ev- turn everything into a positive. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. She can do it. Yeah. All right. So good. um, she, she, so, well, there was a weight limit in this, and this, this, my, we, yeah. my thing, right. Yep. You had a weight limit. And if you weighed over 135 pounds, that was the number. Yeah, I remember then that. you couldn't play. And if you were between 125 and 134, you had to have the black stripe on your helmet and you, you couldn't carry the ball. Oh really? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was—I don't know what they were trying to protect, but it was it wasn't me. Um, and so I was 135, 136 pounds before the Saturday weigh-in.
0: So what was, age was this?
1: So I was in the seventh grade. So <laughs> I, I remember wrestling at 134. So I, I mean, it was like I stayed at that weight. Um, and uh, 135, 136. She says here, she hands me some Xalax. No, I, listen. That's how awesome is she mother? is. My mom, she goes here. This is gonna help you make weight. And it was they were chocolatey. They were good. I chewed them, and I like. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. I was like Dumb and Dumber yeah. on that scene. And uh, sure enough, 134. You made it. Made it. I made it. This was for the football game. Yeah, for the game. Yeah. And then they didn't. They didn't really weigh me after the first one. I was really grateful because I was on the opposite side of the spectrum. Okay. In Pop Warner. At your
0: age, yeah, literally, they didn't want to let me play because I was too light. Wow, I'm not kidding you. Like there was a minimum weight you had to be. Okay, so minimum and maximum, right? Yeah, I was on the minimum. Me and two other guys, I'll never forget it. Dan and BJ were their names, and the three of us were the defensive backs. All three of us played the the defensive backs. All of us had to basically put rocks in our shoes to make the weight. Seriously, yeah, we put things in our pockets, right? To wait. I don't even know what the minimum was—eighty something
1: hmm crazy yeah my first year coaching pop warner we had a kid and he had ju- he just he this year just graduated from the naval academy he was an amazing wrestler he was um, on the minimum side we would put five pound weights in his thigh pads yeah and we're like hey do you want to play or you just like yeah put him in and he'd come in he was like legit 10 pounds lighter than he needed to be and he'd we'd throw him in he'd do step on the scale walk away real funny like how does you know that he doesn't have the 10 pounds in his dang Pants, like what are we doing but we they let them do it so and so then okay so then get me to high school so high
0: school you yeah like any other events happened during this childhood around there you seem to get along with everybody
1: yeah I mean, yeah what
0: honestly. happened uh, as you got
1: into high school playing football got a little bit more serious yeah man and I really had found um you know kind of my faith my faith background mm-hmm. really started growing you know, in the junior high ages it started, and, you know, I did the whole, I got saved. Um, I heard the whole how, how did you fire, how, and fire how? this whole fire and brimstone. Like, I went to a church where it was, if you don't do this, you're going to go, you're going to hell. Yeah. You're going to burn in hell. Did your mom get you into church early? So I was raised like this big Irish Catholic, you know, kind of family, so we'd go to, you know, we did the whole CEO thing. We were Christmas yeah. and Easter onlys, and... Um, <clears throat> And then I just I met a buddy of mine who kind of got me into church and uh, was going and went to a youth. Um, Where'd you meet him? He was a neighbor of mine. We both moved into this neighborhood after my dad died. We moved out of this. Re- we lived in this really sketchy neighborhood. Um, and then when and the fifth grade came, we moved up to where my folks live now. And um, he had just happened to move in this like on the same block. You know, we just jump on our bikes and cruise around. We met each other, and just back then, it was just like, "Hey, what are you doing? You're riding. You want to go hit a jump?" And and then we became like best buddies. And uh, he was he was raised in a, in a really cool like Christian home, and um, asked me to go to this uh, this this winter. Is it, this like eight, eight nine, 10 years old? No. So I'm probably at this time. I mean, I was in the fifth, sixth okay. grade-ish. So Which yeah, is the 11, ten, twelve. Yeah, ten, 10 11. eleven. Yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. And uh He said, You want to go to church with me? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Yeah, I'd love to, yeah. I mean I just I just really needed to be a part of like that that family dynamic and, and they were um it was just one of those things where we became friends, like the front door was always open. I just walk in his house and hey Mrs. Davis, you know, they'd yeah. be like, Hey Corey, you're here again, awesome, yeah Um help yourself to some food. Right, yeah. What are you hungry? Yeah, look at me, of course I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> but uh, we go to this like Bible camp and to hear this kind of this message, and I, I so wait, wait go me. back to the
0: first time at church. Did you go to church first with them?
1: Yeah, I went to church. So went to, to church, It was it was really it was really different because of of my Catholic experience, and I did the first communion thing as a Catholic. And so you you know you're you're kneeling kneeling, sitting, kneeling standing sitting, yeah, standing kneeling yeah, <clears throat> doing the calisthenics thing yeah, and then going to a place where they were just talking about a relationship. There was a difference between the religious side of and there's nothing wrong with Catholic like it's right. it's amazing. It is. But I found for me personally that the religious side of it outweighed the relationship side of it that mm-hmm. I was really looking for. Ah. Um, and then when I when I became and we I, we went to church a couple times and they had a really kind of a cool youth group and, you know, they played a bunch of games and it was fun. They talked a little bit about Jesus and go to this this Bible camp and they gave us the you know, you're gonna go to hell if you don't do this and I'm like, I don't I don't want that fire insurance hands up right away, right? I yeah. didn't I didn't know what I was doing but I knew that something changed. And, and, and in in high school what it really changes is I kinda of started understanding the difference between, you know, just having a savior and having a Lord. Ah. And so once I kinda of like dove into that a little bit and really, you know, was you know, the transition from, from um, middle school to high school was was having older older siblings. I always wanted to be with their friends and they were doing things that I probably shouldn't have been doing, but I wanted to do them anyway. and, and I got caught up in it. I was a pretty good baseball player um, and was a sophomore on playing baseball with all these 18 year olds and got, caught, got arrested one night. I remember my mom, we, we just talked about this. I just went home a couple months ago. I went home and just, we were talking about the event when a police officer brought me home. And um, again, like brought me home. I, I explained the whole story. I ran, got away, but I needed a ride home. So I came back, I ran again, got away again, but they found me this time. And I'm, we're, we're, I'm telling the story, right? And talking and, and Monica's there and I'm telling her the story. And and my mom, just she's like, man, well, Corey, I didn't really think you were that fast, but you got away twice, man. That's pretty good. Like, mom, I got home in handcuffs, man. My knees were bloody. I didn't have any shoes on. And she goes, "Yeah, well, you learned. You learned. <laughs> you know." This is when, and, did- and she was not, and she dealt with it very. She dealt with it ve- very graciously, but also very sternly. And 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 from that point on, I kind of got this mentor who who got me in the gym. So, what did you do to get arrested? Oh man, you it breeze was right over that one. Well, we did. We just, um, you did. Well, I thought, well, okay, and I'm not gonna allow that to happen.
0: Dang it. Yeah, come
1: on, what happened? Um, well, I, well we went, I went out and went drinking with okay. a bunch of these guys, and usually how it starts, yeah. And so, really wanted to like impress because I was probably one of the younger guys there, I really want to impress everybody, so I went over to. I think it was a Pepsi machine or whatever, and it had, like, that plastic on it. I tried to kick it in, and, it, like, as I kicked it in, it, like, ejected me back. And I'm like, how did that thing not break? Like, I kicked that thing with everything. It didn't break, and it just kind of bent and, like, launched me back, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, no way. So they had bags of fertilizer right next. It was like a drugstore, like, right next to, like, this McDonald's where everyone hung out when I in, in the hometown. And so I start launching these bags of fertilizer all over the place well as i'm like mid throw i see the cop cars like someone obviously called the cops on me and this cop car kind of pulling up and as i just like let it go i just kind of turn and just take off and i'm wearing like shower shoes and you know we, we call them like there were sandals yeah. when we were kids and um i kick them off i run across the freeway run across the street and and uh so that got was me. it. that was it yeah, malicious mischief <laughs> was what the was what the arrest was for. So a you Michael took minor. off, minor, yeah. You escaped, yeah. Oh man, and then came back. Well, I didn't, and and so here is the crazy thing: is if I would have just kept going, I lived probably a mile and a half from where that's I escaped. It. But I wanted to ride home. That's oh, my, my that's rational. Thinking. That's hilarious, right? Like just walk home, just walk home. So when you went back,
0: the cops were still there. Oh yeah. And, and they're still you asking questions. They're still asking questions.
1: Yeah, and I, it, it felt like I was gone and by myself, and I was probably gone for like five minutes, but it was probably it felt like it was like forty-five minutes that I was in, in somebody's backyard, right? So then they saw you. They saw me. Came after you again. I ran again, and then this time they saw where I ran, so they had a police car come like in the alley. And then a police car come on the main street, and as I'm kind of stuck in between these two cars, they tell me to raise my hands. And so I raise my hands, And because I ran. Uh, a, a police officer from the behind comes running up and hits me, like tackles me while I was in between like a bed of a truck and a car, and my head hits the bed of the truck, and they knock me out. They knock you out? Yeah, and I'm, I'm 15 years old. And then I come to, and they're like, "We're going to also put in resisting, arre- reset, or resisting arrest, because you won't let us put handcuffs on you." And I'm like, "You guys knocked me out. I, if you, I'm laying on my arms, like, grab them." And um, anyway, they're like, "We didn't knock you out. So I was in a cop car." And Are you kidding me? Brought me home to my mom, and I was telling her that they they hurt me, and she like, "We." This was the conversation. I'm like, yeah, and he slapped me. He punched me in the chest, and and my my pops, my stepdad, was like above the stairs, and it was like two in the morning, and she wasn't like facing me. And he goes, she goes, he, he he goes, she didn't punch you. She poked you in the chest, and you fell over. I'm like, oh, that's not how I, I remember. I remember being a little bit more violent than that. And she and He goes, no. That was the cop. No, that was my mom. My oh, mom just mom. goes, sit down, and like hits me right here, and I whatever i might have been off balance i might have been inebriated i don't know what i was but i fell down and i thought that she brought the thunder and i guess she just poked me in the chest i just found that out like two months ago oh really yeah yeah because before i tell the story i was like oh my gosh she like shut me up and sat me down but i mean she did but it wasn't like what i thought it was (laughs) oh my god (laughs) yeah Yeah, it was awesome all right so what happened there what happened after that What what did she basically just she basically said if you live like this, you are not going to live. This is going to be a terrible, you're going to have a terrible life. If you, this is the life you choose, choose a different path. And, uh, I kind of, and, and she had, a, they have family friends who, um, kind of trained, he trained my brother a little bit and was still training. And, and I asked if I could start working out with him. And he kind of like took me under his wing as a, a sophomore in high school and, and kind of really just got me like locked in yeah and just spoke life and and he, and probably not a believer but just knew the 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 power of words he just understood it he understood what whatever he like fills me with it's going to there's going to be fruit in it and old is this guy so he's probably about the same age as my folk and he actually played football with my dad he oh, was a really? couple years younger than my dad. Yeah, so they played football together in college, um, and he's probably your you're biological. Yeah, man. yeah, ah. yeah. So he knew he knew the story, like he knew the whole story. He knew my dad when he was in college. To um, and then wow. they kind of lost track of each other, but um, and he just like, man, you got like, let's go. You've got so much potential, but you haven't done anything with it, so it's going to stay potential. So
0: like, this was okay. about sophomore year in high school.
1: Yeah, so
0: he t- he started training you, mm-hmm. and then you just honed your skills from that point forward.
1: Yeah, I was just I was pretty locked in. you were locked in. And when when did you really... start leaning out, when'd you get taller? Like when'd you grow? So about that right then. Oh like yeah. About my 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 freshman year, right when I was like 15ish, I started growing. Um, and 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 then then it became uh we got to put some weight on you now. Now you gotta now you gotta eat. Now you gotta. So you I mean, le- you actually got. St- Tall, tall and lean Yeah Yeah Like if you see my My sons now Like I, we've got a 21 year old And he's But he's 6'5 He's Really th- And how many, how many kids do you have right now? So we're, we, we're blended We yeah. have seven kids Seven? Yeah We have seven It's awesome Wow All under the same roof At at, at one point Yeah at Well one, now right. I mean So we have the the So we have twins Um they're 21 they're going into their senior year in college and they're to stay in there going to university of washington they're staying in seattle um and doing their internships they're like in that in that mode then we have an 18 year old at the university of utah he's actually home this summer hmm. and then we've got two in high school and or three in high school now shoot yeah i just, we just wow and then one in middle school <sighs> how now, old are you 47 47 a young buck young 47 young
0: friend. buck yeah compared to me anyway. whatever compared to me anyway five so, one. so seven <laughs> all right so seven that's right i forgot about that seven combined so how many so her side how many three three mm-hmm. your side four four yeah wow that's a that's a house right there yeah all right, so let's get back to we were in high school. So you started to get a little bit more serious. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, give me the give me the church thing. Like, when did that really? So you got saved. What happened after yeah. you got saved?
1: You know, it's it's funny. Like in 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 high school, and and I and I am seeing it now with and by my the college way, kids.
0: Explain what for
1: the watchers and listeners. Yeah. explain what being saved means. Wow, I, wow, okay. So um, as a Christian, I. I it's when you decide, you make a decision to uh, give your life or to accept Jesus Christ into your life yep. as your Lord and Savior. Um, and so uh, I guess saved uh, is a term that maybe it's a, it's you're saved from the sinful, your sinful life into your and you're moving into something where you're trying to work towards uh, with a ton of grace and forgiveness. And you're working towards that righteousness. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Is that right? Yes. Okay.
0: Good, because I wanted to, because we always talk about it and just kind of go right over it, and Christians, we know, but there's a lot of people wanting to say, what does that mean? Yeah, right. So good. I'm glad we... We did it. Yeah, we did it. All right, so you got saved, and then uh, after that point, what what
1: did you keep with the same guy, like to church with him, your friend? Did you guys grow apart, whatever happened? No, no, I mean, to this day... To this day, we get, we still get together. I actually brought them. Um, I mean, we're just, uh, you know, uh, went went back, went back home last May, for his his sister passed away. She she battled this osteosarcoma, hmm. and um, passed away, and uh, went back and just I mean, my gosh, the, the, his mom and his brothers and everything like it was just uh like like never left and and wow. so we're we're very you know his wife went to went like he was their high school sweethearts and, and college and they're just they're awesome awesome people yeah and you, t- you obviously told them about the church you're without here oh yeah he, they they came out they came out to emerge oh they did yeah. they did and so um we actually i actually he actually asked me to baptize him and so i baptized him in 2018 no way yeah so it was so crazy like to tell everybody like this guy his he's the one to introduce me to where my faith is where it started wow and and then he looked at me and my other buddy phil who we like from that from the fifth grade on we've been just just boys and um he came down from la tom came down from washington and um, we went to emerge and and tom we were sitting there on Friday night, just by the fire, and he's like, "Hey, uh, Corey, will you guys baptize me tomorrow?" We're like, "Yes!" Wow, so amazing! Yeah, oh, that's a great story, bro.
0: It's awesome, great story. All right, so high school. At what point did you realize you're going to move forward and go to college with football?
1: You know, it's you start getting letters. Um, I was starting getting letters when when you start when you start getting
0: like recognition for like all state all this all that yeah. when did that start happening?
1: my junior year junior year my junior year i was it was all all city and like i don't know second third team all state or whatever in my senior year uh and then you start getting the letters from the colleges and you know back then university of washington in the early 90s they national champs and getting these letters and invite you to their camps and they go and, and do all this stuff and um uh my my senior year so that summer before what positions were you playing at this point i was playing offensive and defensive line i was playing tackle tackle yeah yeah i wasn't i I hadn't moved inside yet and so um i go to you know know, i'm getting all these accolades i go over to this camp that i got invited to at the university of washington and they look at me and i'm i'm probably maybe a little shorter than i am right now but i might have been six two but I might have been 200 pounds. Really? And they So were, your
0: ce- senior year,
1: you were maybe 200, that's it? Well, that was a summer. The, by the start of my senior year, I was about 225. Okay. And they look at me and they're like, wait, you're the one we've been sending these letters to? Because they, they didn't have access. Like, they don't have access right. to. Yeah. Right? They're like, all they, all they do is hear and they can read. Okay, Corey did this, 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 and this, and he's got all these accolades. And the, And they took one look at me physically. And said, "You're off our list." And, but but I, that was a that was a Sunday, and the camp went all the way till. So you Friday. went up there. Who who took you there? Uh, no, we went up there with the, like our our we had like eight or nine guys from our high school go up there. That were all getting yeah. letters. That were just they just wanted to go to the camp. Like it was just a good camp. I talked them into going to the camp because I was getting these letters, and so hey, let's go I'll go to this camp. These guys are great. We'll get great coaching. We'll go there for the week. And so there's eight or nine of us, and I think we just like caravanned over. We were, we were, I mean, it was from like spoke Eastern Washington to, to Seattle. It's about a four and a half hour drive across the state, and so we just drove. So give me the scenario here, bro. And and like, you walk. In, give me the whole
0: thing. You walk into where?
1: So to meet where the you coach? just go check in? Where you just go check in? You're getting your pads, and you're getting your stuff, and you're getting your room because you're staying in the dorms, and you're 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 getting the the, the experience, right? Of being this of being this college athlete and walking in and you, I mean there's just some, just a ton of big dudes in there right and I'm walking there thinking that I'm I'm big and, yeah um I'm like holy crap anyway they tell me that they rip it up so it makes so me... so you walk into them and they go you're the guy yeah you're, uh, you're Corey like, uh, yeah uh, you're on our list but are you that, that's you like, yeah like oh uh, you you're not big enough to play in the Pac-10. It was Pac-10 back then, and I'm like, "Oh, really? Like, yeah. You, you, you just you you wouldn't be a good fit." And just kind of like throw we're gonna throw that away. But right it was at the beginning, yeah. It was the beginning of camp, and so I'm like, "Oh, okay," and so I made it like again they kind of do like a bowl in the ring type of deal again but it's more it's more it's more organized so you've got like so you're, you're lining able, up you're still able to practice oh yeah i'm, I'm at the i paid the money to go to the camp i'm at the camp i'm there we're all there and i'm like okay so i would i would try to figure out who their guys that they were going who they were recruiting and i'm like i'm going against you i'm going against you and i'm going and, and i'm I've, i lost probably about as many as i won but it was one of those things where i'm like okay I kn- at least I know. At least I know where I need to be. Yeah. My technique, my strength, all this stuff, I need to know where I need to be. And I'm going to make you guys pay for this. Anyway, so going to my senior year, I'm about 225. So you did pretty
0: good in the drills,
1: but they didn't give you any oh, in back. Oh, no, 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 no. Still too small. Yeah, you're done.
0: You're done. And this is what, junior going into yeah, senior year? Yeah, it's huh?
1: 1992, yeah. 1992. Okay, junior going into senior year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then you do your senior year. Do my senior year, become the MVP of the league, all-state, was like third-team All-American, wow. still at 225 and 6'2". And so I get all these little schools that want me to come because now they know my size. Now they can see <laughs> yeah. how big or how little I am. And I go to Washington State, which is the, the rival of the University of Washington, I go there, and, and the coach, the offensive line coach, loves me. He's like, "Dude, I can do so much with you. I'm going to move you. I'm gonna, you're going to play center. You, you're too short to play tackle. I know you don't want to hear this, but you're too short. You're going to play center." I'm like, "Cool. I've never snapped a ball in my life." He's like, "It's okay. I'll teach you. I played in the NFL for nine years. I can teach you how to snap ball." So um, I go down there, and I they they pay for me to go down on a recruiting trip. I go down to the biggest recruiting trip. I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to offer me a, con- a, a, a scholarship." It's going to be great. I'm going to go home. I'm going to tell everyone. The coach drove me from Spokane to Pullman, which is like an hour and a half away, to Washington State, the campus, down having a crazy good – getting the whole college experience. This is with, the guy that believed in you, the yeah, coach. Yeah, the coach. So I go in front of the head coach, and, and he looks at me, and he kind of is looking at the paper. and He's like, man, everybody really likes you, um, but you're too small. You can't play for me. You're too. You, you can't play in the Pac-10. You're too small. If you want to walk on here, and try, then um, we'll let you. But other than that, you're not. You're probably not going to see the field. You're too small. And I'm like, okay. So the car ride home was with a coach where I thought I was going to get the scholarship, and he had all this belief in me, and and he was mad that the whole situation went down, and the like. Anyway, so I'm like, all right there's an opportunity, I'm going to go take it. My mom starts singing the Cougar Fight song. She went to Wazoo. She's like, okay, go get it. you got this. We're going to do it. It's going to be awesome. Walk on. Walk on. Just walk on. So I did.
0: And this is, you said University of Washington or Washington State? Washington State. State. Okay, Washington State, okay. Yeah. And University of Washington was the original guy
1: that said. Beat it. Yeah, beat it, okay. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it was, that. that's where I really kind of found my faith is, um, I go to Washington State as a walk-on and really kind of got like this third class citizen thing going on like oh you're not a scholarship guy oh you not you you don't get these shoes you walk-ons get these shoes oh you don't get this locker the walk-ons are in this locker and um, I'm like okay uh, anyway and it really got to me like it really, really, really got to me, and, and just and and at the meantime, like in, I'm I'm in the weight room, and in the weight room, like nowadays it's so much different because there's so much money in college sports. Like the football team now has their own weight room. When I was going, right, especially at Wazoo, Washington State, is everybody had to work out in the same weight room, and we called it the dungeon. It was dark, and it was gross, and it was awesome, and it, but it was it was just like like a Rocky movie, right? Yeah, and. One of the track guys was in there. He's like, "Hey, man, Corey, I went to I went to your high school. Um, You should come to FCA." And I'm like, "I don't know what that is." Oh, it's on Wednesday nights. I'm like, I usually drink on Wednesday nights. I'm not, you know. Anyway, and so I kind of kept like avoiding this guy. I go home, uh, just completely defeated for Christmas break. Just completely. Like so
0: so the original know. visit out there was you were starting to practice, try out for the squad. What was so the whole scenario?
1: The the initial one was was just a was a recruiting trip, which is like, hey, right. come that. to our school. Yep. I I signed a letter, a walk on letter, a letter of intent to go play there, and then I went out there in August and we started the season. Got it. I redshirted because I wasn't the biggest guy, ever, but. Um, a redshirted. what is does mean? redshirt means that you get to practice, but you're not allowed. Like back then, you're not allowed to play in any games. Right. So you're a practice player, and we're going to develop you. It's a developmental year for, for, for a lot of people. Um, so I redshirted and didn't play in any games. I, they'd, let, they'd let the redshirts and the walk-ons suit up for home games because they had enough gear, and they, you could just go to your locker room just to get the experience. Which I did because it was a really kind of a cool experience. I wanted to say I was a part of it. And um, um, anyway, I go home and uh, like completely defeated. It's still pretty angry, and now I'm angry that I failed. Like I really felt like I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody was right. I'm too small. I'm not good enough. Is the season over at this point? Seasons over. Seasons over. Seasons over. We had we we went from like the year before where. Drew Bledsoe was our quarterback. He's just a number one draft pick to that year where we were just average. And the, and I didn't understand like the, there was so much more fighting. Like like players would fight each other. Yeah. Which which took some getting used to, and then it just became really kind of fun once you got to to a certain stage. But like as the walk on, it was not it was not super fun. But I go, anyway, I go home, and I'm like, man, there's not one. There's no Christians on the football team. Everyone mm-hmm. is partying, and the women, and the, the, the everyone doing things that you see in movies. And, and and two is I failed. I'm a failure. I can't go back there. I can't show my face. I can't. As a matter of fact, I was so defeated. I'm like, I'm gonna uh, end my life. I'm just. I can't. It was that bad. Bad. It was bad. And I just was in such a terrible place. And. My mom was still working, and she worked her butt off. And we had this old Reader's Digest around, and my grandma used to read the Reader's Digest. And so I don't know if she decided to just pick it up just to kind of honor her or whatever. And she's like, "Hey, hey Court, um, I don't know if there's an article in here about this this football player who's a Christian." I'm like, Mom, they don't exist." She's like, "No, you gotta read it. He broke his neck. His name's Dennis Bird. He broke his neck, and it says this, this this blurb, you know, the the Reader's Digest version." Of his book, he just wrote called Rise and Walk, and uh, you got to read it. And I'm like, I'm not reading that. So she's kind of walking by, and she like th- flings it at me. She goes, I just try it, and just walks out the door. And this so is your grandmother? This is my mom. Your mom? My mom. And so I'm like, I ain't reading it, mom. Did she know how depressed you were? She did. Well, she um, she probably knew. She knew that I was kind of mopey, and she knew that I wasn't me. And she, she I'm sure she did. I never exp- I never expressed it. Like, I mean, and and even like today, it's starting to get a little bit better, but as a man in a, that sort of a sport, they don't, it's not an expression. It's how tough can you be? Right. How strong can you be? Nobody wants to see you weak. There's nobody in your life that wants to see you weak. So how tough are you? And so obviously that, that's kind of like the mantra going on. And so I get it. And I'm like, I start reading it. and I'm like, oh my gosh. Wait, this dude played for the Jets. He was a number second round draft. Point. He was an all-pro. He loved Jesus. Wait, how did he and, and I had to go I got to go get this dude's book. So I went and got this book like I'm like I'm either going to kill myself or I'm going to go get this book. And when you said you're going to you wanted to end your life, were you thinking about
0: how you're going to do it? Oh man,
1: yeah, we I mean, I, I was raised in Eastern Washington. We had a lot of guns. Um, my old man deer hunts, my brother hunts. Uh, we, I mean, it would have been like just, okay, let's just take this rifle and just peace out. Did you ever grab the gun? Would you ever get close enough to where you I, were? Th- in the- there was like a stare down. There was a stare down between me and it, for sure. And I never like put my hands on it. And, and that was just one of those things where I'm like, okay. What what prevented you from, what do you, what do you think? That book? Really? I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. And so I went and got that dang book. And I'm not a reader. Like we kind of talked about my education. And. I have a hard time just sitting still and reading I read that entire book in like two days and it was a like I don't know 300 page I mean it was a it was a book it it's was it was from birth to where he's at right or where he was when he finished the book and it just talked about his childhood and his growing up and how his faith carried him and how he did X Y and Z at Tulsa and how uh, when he was at the Jets and this and these are the people that were across his path and his wife and and everything of the the play that he broke his neck, and when he decided to start moving things, and we're like, he just had a conversation with God, and his fingers started moving. And it was just, it was one of those things, and I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me give this one more chance. So, that book, uh, yeah,
0: what was the name of the book again? Rise and Walk. Rise and Walk, yeah. Did he play again, or did that oh, end no. his career? It ended his career. Did he have, like, where he has an arm that's not functioning right? Was that, is that the same guy? No,
1: no, no, no. He, well, I mean, the last I saw of it, he had a cane that he'd use on occasion, but he had full function of mm. his limbs. Um, But he was also massive. I mean, it, he was tall and tall and big, and yeah. then obviously he lost the muscle mass and stuff, but he was still, he still is like 6'6. I mean, oh, wow. His cane probably. Was, Slap someone! What yeah. the oh dang! <laughs> um, so
0: this book, and so when your mom gave you the, the the Reader's Digest, yeah, right. That's what did it. The little story in there. The little story. She just flipped it to you. She has no like,
1: idea how bad you were really feeling. No, that I no. There's no way. She do. Knew, do you have you told her to this day? Like, she well, we. I've talked about this before. That she's heard. Um, she's heard me talk about it. Yeah. She's heard you
0: talk about the fact that you want to end your life.
1: Yeah. What did she say when you hear? She heard that. She's. um, She didn't say anything really. She's like again. She'll take something and be like, "Well, that was a pretty good throw, wasn't it?" Like she was impressed with the throw of the book. Yeah. She was impressed with. You. I mean, and she's just she's not going to dwell on it. She won't. She won't do it. And it's it's like that's how we were raised. Like ah yeah. It was bad then, but how is it right now? And you've survived 100 percent of your worst days. So how is it now? That's amazing. Your mother. God bless yeah. her. Right. She. <laughs> She's something else. Yeah, I, I tell you, I can't hear enough about her. I love it. Love it. <clears throat> oh, you'd love to meet her. She'd. She would talk your face off too. Oh, I would for love sure. that. Yeah. Would love it, yeah. So, um, yeah, man, and it's so, so I went back, and uh, that dang. So you said, let me, "Let me give this one more shot." Let me try it. Let me just.
0: So, did you call the team? Did they know you were coming back?
1: They had no idea that I was gonna that I wasn't gonna come back. They, I don't well, know that they, they cared. Assumed, I, don't they, that they cared. <laughs> I don't know that they cared. I don't know that they knew I was really on the team still. <laughs> I was still in the walk-on locker room, um, and it was. It, I mean. I wish I had like a visual for to show you the difference between the stages of the locker rooms. And they don't have it anymore because they just have a massive, massive locker room. But um, so I go back and we start like winter workouts and they're, they're good. They're going good. And it's just they, they, they feel easy. And I'm probably at the time maybe like 240, 245. And so I'm, I'm gaining weight. I'm getting big. As a, yeah. a center in the Pac-10, I'm 245-ish, maybe. Um, and I, I run into my guy, Jed, who was comp- always asked me to go to FCA, to the go oh, to go to Fellowship of Christian yes, Athletes. Yes. Oh, come to our Wednesday night service. And I'm finally like, man, you're still asking me. I'm coming. Yeah, I'll come. I'll sit in the back. I'll be fine. No one's going to. I tried to invite some people. Nobody would come with me on the football team. And so um, I, I show up to this thing, and it's uh, – they, they, they make an announcement. They do, like, the worship thing. They make an announcement. Hey, we're changing the format tonight, just, just tonight. We're just, we just decided to change the format. And I'm starting to get a little nervous, right, because I'm like, change the format. I thought I was just going to sit here and listen to someone talk and go back and just start my homework, you know, whatever. Like, tonight we're just going to spend the next two hours praying. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do a corporate prayer. We're going to break up into groups of eight. And then we're going to break up into groups of four. And then we're going to break up into groups of two. And two hours of me thinking that I was going to just hide where God probably was just laughing. He's like, watch this. He's going to have to learn to pray right now. And literally kind of learned and just really how to talk to God. And left that place, and I'm like, oh, man, that's the difference between being having fire insurance and having a Lord, right? I just learned that tonight. Wow. And the next week, and, and again, it just. Did you come out of there like, whoa. Oh, my gosh, on fire. Like, Did you tell your buddy, thanks for staying on me? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I and we talk about this stuff. Was well, so he like, how do you think, you know, because. He's like, how'd, how'd it go? And I'm like, dude, you just changed my life. Like, you don't understand. You literally just changed my life. He's like, oh, good, good. We'll see you next Wednesday. And I'm like, yeah, you will. And so I, you know, I got involved in FCA and. And what did it? Was it just praying? Like you just, it would. I don't know if it was just like, it. And it might have been this being able to just, just peace and grace and, just whatever whatever that, the atmosphere was there. it, It it broke something off of me. Wow. And so the next week, I earned a scholarship. They literally stopped practice and said. uh, all right. Um, no, they didn't. They didn't stop practice. They, didn't, they did not stop practice. How far into the pra- uh, season were you at this point? We were going into spring ball, so we hadn't even started the, the next season. So you were just practicing? We were just practicing. And What happened in practice? Were you crushing it? Oh, you? man. And I was having fun. Because it flying. seemed easy for you. Yeah, and I was flying. I, like, the, men- the mental side of it was easy because I, I understood the game. And then I understood the offense. And then so mentally it was simple for me. Then I could just What be flipped me. the
0: switch before the the Wednesday thing when you went from was it the book? The book. That put you in a mental mindset of
1: If I can do this. I can do it's, this. It's there's something out there still for me that I can do. And if there's not, I'm gonna be that. I'm gonna be the one. So you came into that
0: next season practices with a whole different mindset.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then it became easy for you pretty much. And you were dominating. Yeah. Give me the give me the domination. Well, was dom-
1: dominating at 248 pounds, <laughs> that. But I could run, and and no one else. Everyone, you all the bigger eat. guys couldn't run, and they didn't have great hands, and mm-hmm. so my like I, I was able to use my strengths, and they got they would get tired, the defense would get tired, I wouldn't get tired, and so and that kind of with my mentor back in high school, he was he would always tell me, he's like, don't run, don't condition with the, the guys that you play with condition with guys that are better than you and so I would I would find all the fast guys yeah. that I try to keep up and they'd break me off and they'd break me off and they and i I'd just i'd go and'd i be like oh but I'm, then compared to the other guy the the, the big boys that oh yeah run you, lap them yeah and so I, I kind of I, I just carried that mentality with me um and we get done with spring ball and um go, go back to the practice where they announce you well, they just announced the walk-ons. They, these guys are eligible. Like, they just announced. They were just like, "Hey, Corey, they, we had a punter, we had a receiver, um, we had another offensive lineman. Uh, these guys are eligible. Uh, we'll see what happens." And so it's over. Spring ball's over, and the head coach who told me I was too small calls. I'm walking to. The, he calls me out of the weight room and goes, "I need you in my office." I'm like, "Okay." He sits me down and he goes. I don't like the fact that you're trying to threaten me in leaving. So since you're doing that, I'm going to give you a scholarship. And he goes, I don't like how you're doing this. So I don't like. I'm like, Coach, I'm not. I have never thought about leaving at all. And he goes, Well, that's not what your offensive line coach said. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, he he used leverage because I had such a good spring ball that I was going to go somewhere else and play. He told him that. And so like obviously there was no texting, there was no anything yeah. and, and I get out of this meeting and I signed I signed the contract and then all So the... he was like pissed that you oh, were Oh, he was mad that I was that I was trying to leverage the fact that I had a good spring to leave. And um I'm like, No, nah, no, nah, I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. not... anyway, so I walk yeah. out of there and he's out there and he's kinda chuckling. Like, the guy the guy that my offensive line coach is like, I had to say something. We have to keep you here. And I'm like, I wasn't planning on going anywhere. And he's like, Well, congratulations, and you got your scholarship. Wow. And so then all my guys that came in that same year with with me, they we, we they were they they heard about it too, and so they were all out there. So it was really cool. Wow, was that an incredible moment? Yeah, it was really. It was like okay, that and it was all like a godly thing. I was really grateful. Like it, it really like kind of opened up. Like, I mean, it's it's easy to say, oh, I worked hard for it, and I did, and I worked hard for it, but I had so much gratitude for the grace of just me being an idiot up to that point that God's like, I got something for you. I got something, just like, it's going to blow your mind what I got for you. Just hang on, and it was kind of like the the validation of that. It's like, you ain't seen nothing yet type of deal. And this was the week after you prayed, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like spring balls going on. I'm like, okay, I got, yeah, I'll go, and what? How about that? Isn't that crazy? It was awesome. Wow. Yeah. All right. So go on from there. What happened? So then um, I ended up the next year I was on special teams quite a bit, and then the following year, my sophomore year at uh, 255 pounds, I was starting on the offensive line in the Pac-10. We actually in 1995 we go to Lincoln, Nebraska, and play. They they were the national champs that year they beat the University of Florida 54 to 7 in a national championship game they had like wow. Tommy Frazier and Ahmad Green and their defense uh, their f- whole defensive line all from Jersey um, all went all got drafted in the first round like two of them were drafted that year three of them were drafted that year and then the other one was a brother of Jason Peter who went to the Giants and he got drafted uh, in the first round of the year after that I mean they, they were so stacked and we go out there and I'm 255 pounds and we're in Lincoln Nebraska and everyone's wearing red and it was one of the coolest experiences and we were winning seven to zero at the end of the first quarter and the, the announcer came and the, the announcer comes on and said this is the first time that the University of Nebraska has been down at home in whatever amount of years and the crowd clapped they clapped they' were like hey man good job guys you're doing good we at halftime we were down 14 to seven or something like that we we were coming out and the, the, the crowd was like cheering for us like oh man you're giving us a good game you're giving i'm like Wow, that's pretty cool wow but and that was kind of the year where i just really where my we removed the whole oh you're too small status was completely taken off me Yep, you can play so let's let's see you play and um and then my junior year i played center and my senior year and then and and the accolades started coming and then what would the agent and then Okay, this is what the NFL was gonna like this is the potential. What weight did you get up to by senior year? I think maybe I was like two seventy five, maybe two eighty. <laughs> I think by the rose we played in the Rose Bowl, we made it to Rose Bowl my senior year for the first time in sixty one years. We played University of Michigan, they were the national champs, they beat us twenty one to sixteen and I was two eighty two maybe. And what were you just eating? How did you gain all the weight? Yeah. I mean it just and obviously it was the the training was a little bit different. Yeah. But just just the calories. I mean, just eating, just eating, the protein, and um, it was it was crazy.
0: And so this is senior, now senior year accolades. And then what happened? Did an agent contact you? What happens? Yeah, there?
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Then 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 the agents start calling. Or does the school put you in contact with one? A school can't, or oh, they couldn't back then. Now with all yeah. the NIL and all the other kind of rules and the likeness and stuff like that, they they can do whatever they want really. And but back then the agent had to. They had to wait until your last game, and then they could they could start calling you, and then you could figure out who you want to. So, um, how many agents called you? Maybe two. Two. Maybe two. Yeah. So, so it, it was still like, ah, oh, he's too small to play in the NFL. I don't think so, he can do so it, it. Started back up again. It started back up. Yeah. It started back up, and and at this point in time, I was like, yeah, it, I, there was zero offense to it. It was like, I I listen, I understand. I understand I'm not six four three fifteen. I get it. Um, and the offensive line coach, Mike Tice, for the Minnesota Vikings, who had he out he, he played for the Seahawks. He had a place out in Washington. So he would always come to Washington to work out guys, but he just really wanted to come home. Yeah. And Mike Tice also a Jersey guy. Yep. Um but he came out and uh, we did our workouts, and I had a pretty good workout. And then he put us through like these offensive line drills. And he looked at me. He goes, "I don't. You weren't even like on my list. I didn't come out for you. But I'm. You're gonna be a Viking. Uh, you're if if I have anything to do. This with This is my Tyson. Yeah. You're gonna play for me. And and he's like, I don't care how small you are. My center right now is 285. I, I could care less. Okay. You can move, and. I've watched, I'm gonna watch film to see how ang- how mean you are. If you're mean enough, you can play for me. And then, so you knew that was a shoo-in. I'm like, oh, geez, I just ripped a guy's face mask off. We can do this all day long. This will be fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got the chip. I got the little guy chip on my shoulder. But um, it was, uh, and then, and and he called me again. You know, we had the, I think we had a cordless phone at the time, and cordless phone called me after the draft, and I didn't get drafted, and said, hey, you're still available. Did any other coach come out and work you out? I'm like, no. He's like, So you're going to come here? I'm like, Yeah, I'm going to come here. And so I don't know. I think maybe they might have been. This was the Vikings. The Vikings. They gave me like $5,000 to sign a contract. And I, good luck, bud. But I mean, walking into an NFL locker room, I mean, and that, and they were old. They were considered an old team. Yeah. And I walk in and I see Chris Carter talking with Randall Cunningham. Like, those were the first two people I saw walking in. Wow. I'm like, dude. I remember those guys were with the Eagles. Oh and yeah, in the '80s, and they're still doing this thing. Yeah, 1998, they're still remember, doing it. I remember betting on them. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I was big in
0: gambling, dude. I'm, I'll never forget those two, the combination. Yeah. Randall with the 50 yards, 60 yards
1: in the air to just he could launch yeah. that thing. Yeah. He was a great dude. Yeah. A great guy. But um, so yeah, I show up, and and then I became. At I think I got up to like two ninety five. I think at one point I, I hit three oh five, and I like I literally couldn't move. I couldn't I'm like I'm so fat I can't like I can't move. I can't I can't play at this. So I just started like I, I got back into my my shape. Was yeah. round that was a shape. That's what everyone said. You're in shape, you I'm round and that's yeah. a shape, isn't it? <laughs> um
0: and uh okay so first year at, at at minnesota what happened first year at minnesota so going to training what happened camp, when you did you meet the coach what did he say what are you doing here
1: no no i was like the, the, the coach denny green was was one of the, the most amazing he's he was he god rest his soul was one of the most amazing coaches i've ever played for yeah he was he was a a player's coach and he treated everybody like men and, and he wasn't there to babysit if you either can do it or you can't if you can't it's not my fault it's your fault you cut yourself you got to go like it was but if you could oh man he was he was there for it yeah um so just it was just like it was a business you go sign the thing you say, hey how you doing hey and go and so go through the many camps go through training camp i'm having a great training camp um talking about making the team we had a really old offensive line so it was me and this guy named Matt Burke who um, we were the only rookies on the team and so well, the offensive line is just notorious for taking the rookies out after the after the rookie show and then after you know camp kind of breaks and they take you out and they just get you just wasted yeah and there and normally there's more than just two so normally that they can they can spread the wealth and this time they there were just there was two targets. And so Matt and I just got absolutely destroyed, and um, ended up getting alcohol poisoning. You did, and and we had to play. We actually had to play the charge, the Chargers, in the last preseason game, and they kind of were moving me around, and I couldn't. I had the probably the worst football game of my whole, like even back in like the eighth grade, like the worst football game I could ever have. I got cut. I'm like uh, you're not mature enough. It had nothing to do with my size, and have anything to do with anything. I'm like listen. You, sorry this was You're the Vikings go, the Vikings go go home was it because of your alcohol poisoning hangover it had to have been yeah I mean I was doing it was so the next like, day it, it no it was the so that like, it was a Wednesday and then we played on a Saturday and then the cuts were like a Tuesday or a Monday or something like that it was it was really quick boom 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 next thing you know I'm on a plane so you played the worst game yeah at the worst time I could play it and they, I mean, they, they had to make a decision. Okay, I've got to keep eight guys. Oh, wait, this guy got cut. So we're going to bring him into our practice squad. We'll get rid of Corey. He didn't do, he didn't perform. That's it. Again, I got no one else to blame but me. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's the accountability is 100% on me. so I'm like, okay. So I remember going up, pl- flying home on this plane and thinking, what am I going to do now? And so I was a substitute teacher. And, uh, Working out still worked at a uh, this co- back in what Washington? Yeah, flew back to Washington. So you became a substitute teacher. Yeah, I a substitute teacher, and uh, was working at this loading dock, um, in uh, at for Costco. And and my my then father in law was a was it was a big way at Costco and got me this gig. And and then um, my then wife got pregnant, and he moved me into the security in the corporate in the corporate office. And I'm in my doing my little security deal, and part of my security was I had to manage. They had this full, just corporate gym, like I'm talking about real gym, and no one ever used it. And so part of my security was I I got two hours in the gym, and my father-in-law, ex-father-in-law, would literally say, "Um, "Go, make sure the gym's secure." I go and work out, and that's (laughs) kind of my job. And so again, no no cell phone, no pager, no nothing. I think I called and left a message for Mike Tice. And I said, hey, NFL Europe just called me. I was thinking about just quitting, giving it up. What do you think about me going to NFL Europe? I'm, I'm going to backtrack a little bit because yeah. at the end of that season, 98, I got cut. I got called by the Cincinnati Bengals. They flew me out there. I worked out for them. I long snapped for them because I did that too. They signed me on their practice squad. So I go out to their practice. They sign me. Go out to their practice squad for two weeks, and and then come home. And I'm I'm and that's why he if it was a security. That's why he I, he was letting me work out. That's why he's like, hey, you get to go secure the. Got it. So the, did you get accepted to the Bengals now? So, so I signed a contract with the Bengals, and I'm sitting in my little security booth, and I'm going through all the transactions, and the, and I read in the transactions the Cincinnati Bengals released offensive lineman Corey Withers. They didn't even call me. They just put it in the paper. They just did it during the, during the, You're kidding no, didn't even, they didn't even call me. So then the NFL Europe thing happened. I called, I called Mike Tice. I'm like, Hey, coach Tice, is there any way, do you think I should do this? Or do you think I should hang it up? He called me back on my work phone and said, Hey, if I talk to Danny Green, do you think that you can lock in for training camp and, and try to make this team? And I'm like, absolutely. Wow. So he calls me back an hour and he goes, Hey, you need to be on a flight on Friday. This is a Wednesday. You need to be on a, f- a flight on Friday. We have a mini camp Friday. And I'm like, What? He's like, Yeah, you're there, there. Your plane ticket, da da da. You're coming out Friday. And then the ride stuck. I'm like, I'm not, I will not go anywhere. I'm staying here. And stayed, and stayed there until 2006. So you get there. Give me when you walked in. Was there a chip on
0: your shoulder like, That's it. I'm, I'm freaking crushing this
1: not a chip it where there was a focus because all the guys were the, the exact same team was still there so they're like oh cory you're back oh man welcome back there everybody was super cool um they, they kind of realized that you just had a bad game yeah and and and, and then the guys thinking? that 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 took me out were like super apologetic they're like Corey, man i'm so sorry i'm so sorry that we that that all this stuff happened um let's go it's over let's, so they kind of yeah. knew that you know. Yeah, they're like, oh man, we might have we might have pushed this one too far, you know. So wow. But and then you know was there, ninety nine practice squad, kind of moved back and forth from the practice squad to the active roster, and then two thousand to the last we played January one of two thousand six. We played the Bears. Was my last start. What, what position Vikings, were you playing? Center. Center. So you yeah. starting center? Would you
0: that year I was yeah because yeah.
1: Matt Burke who was the starting center he yeah did a four or five time Pro Bowler um, tore his hip flexor or something like that right didn't play that year wow
0: yeah and so when you called Denny Green were you, you kind of like hoping that he would throw it out there no
1: I I did zero expectation like it was such a it was so. Um, I just wanted his like I I trusted his I trusted him yeah. and I, I respected him so much. I just I just wanted their opinion. I had I had zero expectation that that's, that was going to happen. And so you played there till 2006. What happened after that? Uh, I came home, contract was up. They they kind of cleaned house. Mike Tice was the head coach then. They fired everybody, brought in everybody else. My contract was up. They didn't resign me. Um, and uh, was just kind of sitting around. And the Chargers called me. And they had an injury in early August. And they called me and they said, hey, can you come down and take a physical? And I had taken a couple physicals. I went out to St. Louis and took a physical. I went to Seattle and took a physical. And they are like, yeah, we, we got you on your, our radar. I flew down here. And I got to meet Marty Schottenheimer. And the coach is here. And they were like, uh, okay, you passed. you want to sign? I'm like, yeah, let's go. And 06, 07, 08, I tore my hamstring here in 2008, and this is, you were playing center again. Yeah, playing center, and then I got released um, here in 2008 and went to St. Louis from like Thanksgiving to the end of the year with the Rams. So you tore your hamstring when? Um, like the last preseason game. Oh. Ah, yeah, here. Here. Yeah. Yeah. For, with the Chargers. So you played 06,
0: 07, 08. Uh-huh. And yeah. you you played with uh, Jacques? Yeah, Jacques was a good teammate, man. I just heard from him. A he's couple a great days guy. ago. He wants to come
1: train with me at the gym. Oh yeah, get him. Me, him, and Lambo. Oh, you guys are gonna get it. I yeah, you have to put that on your social. I gotta see that. Oh, we will. Oh, it's gonna be great. The three of us together. It's gonna be great. I, I told
0: Lambo, I'm like, dude, he, he's he's got a bigger personality than me and you put together. Yeah. Jock, yeah, he's gonna give you some good material. Oh yeah, yeah, amazing. That's the first thing I thought of. wasn't the Wasn't the great workout? It was the material that I'm gonna have from my <laughs> social channels. It's
1: gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Cause,
0: cause uh, all all of my Christian peeps, their number one favorite thing to watch, not on just my stories, but on social media in
1: general, is my banter with my trainer every morning. Might be my favorite thing. <laughs> might be my favorite thing. <laughs> it, it's so great that he's always eating. And you're always like, it's 9 01. Yeah, 9 01. Yeah. 9 02. 9 03. Oh, I'm paying you to eat. I'm paying you to eat. That's what I'm doing. You're late. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, it's 9 01.
0: <laughs> once nine o'clock, you're
1: on my time. Hey. <laughs> Love that guy.
0: And then, uh, you know, the first member used to get really irritated when I would film him eating. Yeah.
1: Like Stop. pissed. What are you doing? Yeah.
0: Stop filming me, bro. Now it's like if I don't film, he gets upset because he knows he's got so many fans now. Oh yeah, yeah, he's eating it up. That is so great. He's eating it up. All right, so, so it got done with the Chargers. Right now, then St. Louis. Yeah. And then what happened after? Like, when did the
1: career? What, give me the final. So in in, in two thousand nine, uh, I signed with the Seahawks. Late, uh, went up to camp, and it just it didn't feel good. Like I just knew that my like the that this thing had run its course. Yeah. It didn't feel good. It was really good. Like it was It just the opportunity to be around certain like players and just to see them and just to see like a Walter Jones who's in the Hall of Fame and um, Matt Hasselbeck is just just a high class, just high class individuals on that team. And um, it's funny because you just kind of circle back and there was two of my teammates from the Vikings on that team. and But it's still just like, man, I'm just 33, which is old. Yeah. And uh, I was doing a drill and um, tore my labrum, my hip, 360 tore it. And I'm like, God, I didn't feel right. And um, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't do anything. I, I, I didn't practice. And I'm like, oh, man, it's just the writing's on the wall. So I went in. A lot of pain. A lot of pain. Got a couple of opinions. Knew, that, knew what was the, they were going to do. And uh, they got me on the field. Like, it's a brilliant business. They got me on the field. I played in the game. I played like three or four series. I, like I didn't play hardly at all, and then went and got a second opinion on my hip, and because uh, they're like, "Oh, you you might have tore your labrum, but uh, it looks like it was done before." And I'm like, nah. I'm like, as athletes, we know ah. our body. I'm like, "No, nah, I know I know that this is anyway." So I got a second opinion, and um, as soon as I got the second opinion, they cut me. And I'm like, "Okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm retiring." I'm Oh, over so this what thing. they did is they tried to. Like it didn't happen on yeah, their watch. Their watch, right. Not their dime. It's not their dime. Because then they, then they won't have don't... to f- fulfill my contract that I signed because if I if I do it getting hurt by uh-huh. them, then they've got to fulfill uh-huh. their obligation. Wow. Well, then they said, oh, well, this hip surgery is going gonna... to only So you, you could be back playing in 12 weeks. And I'm like, no, I can't. I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. I got to get. I was on crutches for almost nine weeks and they're like um, anyway we negotiated done over time to move on yeah that's crazy though
0: yeah alright so so then you moved then you figured that's it I'm
1: done yeah and this was what 08, uh, 09? 09, yep 09 mm-hmm. and so what'd you do from there? Came home I got surgery um, I came home um, had my fourth son, my fourth child my son who's now a seventh grader and, uh, what school does he go to?
0: He goes to Meadowbrook. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. My daughter goes there next, uh, sixth grader. Yeah.
1: Oh, jeez. So he'll go, he's going to be an eighth. No, he'll be, in, he was a sixth grader. He'll be a seventh next year.
0: Oh, so he's one ahead of her. Yeah.
1: One. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Keep him away from my Keep daughter, you, will you, No, listen, he'll protect her. I was going to say that. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he is a meat head. Oh, perfect. Yeah. We
0: need to put him in charge. Yeah. We need to just, just, it stops at security. That's it.
1: Right. Right. Done. Stops. (laughs) No, we, uh, so, but like I have a rule in in our house and he's the fourth boy, um, that no, you guys are not allowed to put pads on until the seventh grade. Oh yeah. I've heard you talk about this. Yeah. And so he's, he's excited. He's going to throw pads on, you know, I mean, give me your thought process. I'm glad that came up. When's
0: too early? What about the concussions? I'm already nervous. Like if Johnny loves football, do yeah. I let him play? Yeah. It's scary to me.
1: Yeah. I think that they've done such a great job with equipment and they're, they've done such a good job like with practicing and protecting and not, it's not like it used to be. Right. It's they don't have double days. They don't put pads on twice. They're, they're doing it. They're, they're, they're attempting to do a better job of protecting these guys. I mean, and some, certain people are, are maybe prone to like just however they play, maybe a concussion or maybe a, a dinger or a stinger or whatever. Um, but for me, I, it's not there's no advantage physically, mentally, in my opinion, for a six year old to throw pads on. If, if, if you are gonna be scared at six wearing pads, you're gonna be scared at eleven. You're gonna, you know what I mean. And yeah. so it's like, why, why? There's four years of, or three years of them banging their heads around. Four years of them just banging their heads around. Um, and then the, they don't have technique. They don't have, they don't have the strength in their neck to hold their helmet up. They don't. Mm. And again, as as light as, as the helmets are getting, it's still an extra weight on their head. And so for me I we just we make a rule 7th grade you can play 7th is the earliest it's that the you'll earliest. allow yeah. your son to put
0: pads on.
1: Yeah, to throw that helmet and on. And he's been playing flag, right? Yeah, yes.
0: Yeah. From what age did he start playing flag?
1: He's kind of he started when he was 6 and then he mm. played again, he missed a couple years, played again when he was 9 and then 10 and like probably from 9 10 on he's played. Um, and this is NFL flag. NFL flag yeah i've seen you up there a couple yeah, times buddy
0: yeah all right so 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 he's going to pop warner he's gonna do the pop warner thing yeah scripts ranch pop warner
1: uh poway poway yeah okay yeah how are those two leagues do you know anything about them i do yeah so i, I coach a little bit in the poway the the the, the guy that now kind of took over his name is jason gonzalez he does an amazing job yeah He does a really, really good job. I don't know anything about Scripps, but they're always pretty good. Can you pick which one you play for? Is it where you live? kind of where you live, Ah. yeah. Uh, And or, so one year when I was coaching, we had like three kids from Scripps come over and play on the team that we had because they they didn't have enough guys um, to play in the eighth grade. Oh, really? Yeah. So we had one year, we had a mishmash of of guys. Uh, Last year, uh, our son's um, eighth grade team, same thing they had guys from kind of the carmel mountain area or the pq area where they used they they normally have a team um on their on their on their how old team. are your sons now you got uh the middle school so i got one that's going to be a freshman uh, and then got my seventh grader okay. who's 12 so f- 12 and 14 and so
0: you're saying that no no there's no use to put pads on before
1: 12 i don't think there is I don't, you're, there's no advantage mentally, physically. I think that the NFL flag, whatever, Friday, whatever flag you play in, it, it it gets, even Pop Warner flag, it gets you prepared mentally for the game to yeah. just to understand how to compete, understand routes, and, and, and right. just, it under it, it teaches you the game enough. Is he
0: playing Pop Warner flag?
1: No, he's playing, he's going to put the pads on, but... but Because uh, there's a Pop Warner
0: flag where there's 11 guys on there's the There's 11, yeah. And blocking.
1: Yeah, yeah, we did it one year. We did it one year with our freshman, and he played it, and he, um, and it, it's, it's you, pretty physical. I mean, they do, a, they do a good job of protecting the kids, but also teaching them the full gamut of the game. Do you recommend that we do
0: that, like prior to going to pads? No. To, no.
1: no. What you, what you're doing right now, and what Johnny's doing right now, and where he probably would play, he's exactly where he needs to be. So exactly. N- no need to do the pop Warner where there's 11
0: kids on the field; they're blocking.
1: With flag, yeah, I don't think so. Okay, I, I mean, it, unless he wants to, unless he wants to play running back, and he wants to see what all the commotions like, and 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 how to hit a hole, and how to the timing of it, and all that stuff. Sure, but he's gonna it'll it'll happen. It'll he'll pick it up so fast if he's got any like football knowledge. Right.
0: Okay. All right. So so give me to after the um, you finish NFL. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Give me the what you
1: did from there. Like, what'd you do? That was it. You had the hip surgery. Yeah. I got in the corporate world a little bit. Uh, I went into medical device sales. Um, found out that uh, I was the world's worst salesman. No, I mean, I was Tommy boy, except for I was, I'd, I'd gone the other way, so I lost weight. But I was that, I was the Tommy boy of sales. People, I'd walk in the office, hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, we're not going to buy it. Good. Thanks. Good. I like, good. Thank I, you. Zero zero, I had nothing to, to fire Thank back. Time. Thank you for your time. You want a donut? Cool. I'm out. Like I was terrible at it. And, uh, and it, and although it was super interesting when, when I would get, get like get in the OR and get to see the stuff and the biology of it and the carpentry of it all, yeah. and it was really, really, really interesting, but I was just not, it wasn't for me. It wasn't a passion of mine. And and kind of bounced around a little bit in that, like medical field that the, um, In sales and just um, I like to compete but I just it wasn't for me yeah and um, so what'd you do after that just really uh, I wound up at this coffee shop uh, up in Mammoth Mountain and was in this coffee shop and uh, I looked at my wife and I'm like babe I have to do this this is this is like a calling on my life I have to do this and uh from a mammoth coffee shop yeah and she's
0: like
1: she's like okay uh let's do it and we live in poway at this point living in poway married and um we you know at, at our church we do this uh shredder sunday yeah and so at the time so we started the cop we started the king's craft and we started doing the online thing we started the brand you know we we're just really kind of to like, come up with the name um we wanted to we wanted to like again it was like a competitive thing and then it was I want to be able to represent the faith that brought me to where I'm at like if I can honor that and just like this is the reason why I started this thing is is um, there's there's only in, in in my opinion there's only one king that's why it's the king um, and also a king is his is main job in this secular like type thing is to protect and provide. And we really wanted to provide a space where people could come in and have the best cup of coffee and feel safe. And so it was like this, this thing. and um, and it was like Monica and I were just like bad, batt- like not battle, but we would just like bounce ideas off each yeah. other. What about this? What about this? What about this? And then it's just, we're just like, Oh my gosh, let's do it. The King's craft. It's born. And then we had a guy at uh, at the church, um, Bryce up, by, up up where you go. He designed the, the logo and the font and did all of our branding. And um, so we were doing that, and I was still working in the corporate world. And on and and we're doing our Shredder Sunday. And you know, on on Monica's card, she writes, you know, Corey to be done with uh, with the corporate world and and full time into coffee. And you know, all this other stuff that we want to get rid of in 2015, going into 2016. And that was, it was on the 2nd, so on the 4th Monday, like at 8 o'clock, my phone rings, and I'm sitting at my desk doing my, like, my corporate thing, trying to trying to find, trying to hunt down some, some jobs, and it's my boss, and he's like, hey, Corey, uh, we got HR here. Um, we're firing you. And, I, and and obviously i wasn't surprised he said, we're firing you yeah he's like we're no we're, we're gonna let, he, we'll it let was you a, go. a town uh, uh, the, from arkansas little rock and he's like we're gonna let you go we gonna let you know you just not perform we're gonna let you go and i'm like dude i get it like i i, I mean i wish i could argue with you but yeah. i'm i'm terrible at this and but, but i was on my cell phone and my desk my office desk is right here and monica's was right next to, like we're this long line and so her desk was right next to mine and so my phone's in my hand and i'm just kind of yeah okay 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 um and i go to hang up and i look over at her i'm like babe you're never gonna guess what happened and 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 she could hear it yeah but she was just like so gracious and she said uh what she goes uh i just got i just got fired and she goes oh i wonder what else i put on that shredder card i'm like babe what did you do to me? Like, you know what I'm saying? So she thought, like, she thought, like, I mean, there was, like, zero pre- like, let's go. Like, she yeah. said that was just her personality. She's like, let's go. Let's do this. And so we just jumped into the King's Craft, and and, and um, now we had to find a location. Now we had to figure out how to make coffee. I've never made coffee before. I never, I mean, I was, before I met her, I was like a Keurig guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I loved coffee, and I'd love to go get it, but I, I couldn't make it. So it was just that we spent about 8 months in finding a place and learning and how did you survive she was she had she had income coming in? I had a little severance, she had I and mean, she runs her own company. Yep. And so um you know we and we still had like some stuff with the NFL that was still you know helping us here and there and um yeah, we just uh I mean very grateful. She's really good at her job. <laughs> Really, really grateful yeah. for that. But, uh, yeah, so we just, and we just, we did it. And w- when did you get to Awaken? What year? Uh, 2013. How did you get there? It's a great story. Um, so when I hurt my hip in 2009, I I kind of like dealt with it for about two or three years, went through a pretty nasty divorce. Uh-huh. And, was, was, and I reached out to a buddy of mine that I played with, who was a chiropractor in... Uh, chiropractor in, 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 I played with in college. And I'm like, man, uh, Paul, you gotta, you gotta help me, man. There's, is there a chiropractor down here that can, he's like, oh my gosh, that specialize in hips. He's like, oh man, I'm going to send you the guy. I'll send you his address. So he didn't send me his name nothing. He just sent me his address. And so I pull into convoy and I'm like, I've been here before. And in 2006, when Awaken first started, the year that they started, they were doing a Connect Group, and I got invited. I was like my first week as a Charger, and I, you know the like I, I, we kind of talked about is I was known for leading the prayer after the game, yep. and also being the most fined backup player in the NFL. The most fined. Fined. So you get fined for being a cheap shot. So like so. Mm-hmm so the guy that famous for
0: being a christian praying
1: and famous for the cheap shot the cheap shot yeah the little like i was a little yip yip dog out there man i had all these big monster like bulldogs and i was just a little yip yip dog hiding behind them all like and just go attack them and then get out of there and then the cameras would catch it and i'd get fined um but dr matt had a, a connect group back in 2006 there that i got invited to and and i'm like man that their pastor's got a crazy accent. I say, I wonder if he's from Australia. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, full circle, I come back to get work on, and I and I walk So What in. happened? To the connect You didn't stick. You didn't. I didn't. I, I got invited once, and then I just, or I just never, never. The the player that invited me never like invited me back. So I didn't like. I'm like, oh, okay, well, we'll just, I'll just stay with the chaplain and do the, yeah. the that kind of stuff. And um, so then, how many years later? This was 2011. So a couple years later. Yeah, a couple years later, I walk in there, and I'm like, hey, I know you. And he goes, I know you. And I'm like, oh, man, I was with the Chargers, and I came in to here. And he's like, oh, my gosh. And so he started working on me. And uh, he was kind of talking about it. Oh, we're, we meet at the this middle school over in Carmel Valley. You should come to it. You should come to it. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And, and so I would come on occasion, and I came um, the end of August of 2012 and Pastor Leanne like blew my mind and gave this word on First uh, um, Samuel fourteen seven, and it blew my mind. And uh, I had I had just met Monica, and I, I left that service. I went by myself because she wasn't she wasn't down with that. The C th- it was a C three at the time, yeah. and it was just she was a little bit more on the conservative. Like I want to go to a lutheran church over here where it's just nice and i can sit and do and and so i went and i and i came like we had went on our first date that week and i grabbed coffee and we went to dinner and then that sunday and monday i I like i looked at her and i think i said i think i'm gonna be your armor bearer she's like what does that mean i'm like i just heard this this word anyway and and so dr matt kept working on and and she she wasn't ready for c3 and so we were going to another yeah. another place and um dr matt like he's like hey i'm gonna preach for the first time my first preach is a sunday night can you please will you please come and support and i'm like sure let me see so i got monica to come with me is that c3 yeah that's c3 and yep. at carmel valley and the, the what awakened uh previous was and so we were there and and it's just, you know, Sunday nights, like Wednesday nights now, it's just off the hook. I mean, it was, it was insane. It was so great. And, um, Matt got to meet Monica and, and they got, I mean, just business-wise, business mind they're just, they're very similar and she's very organized and he's very organized. And, um, they got into like a business relationship where they work together and, uh, um, anyway, so he's kind of like working on us for probably two years working on us. And then 2013, we just kind of like, all right, we're going to make this our home. And we go there, and she just like, okay, I'm with you. Let's go. So did she did she go to the church like after he saw, she saw him preach the first time? Yeah, but we didn't. Like, we, we, we didn't. I, no, we went back two or three other times to the Carmel Valley Middle School. Um, but when they opened Balboa Campus— is when we really kind of just locked in and started going there. Got it. And that's when it was C3.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, and so then, uh, so when you started going there, Dr. Matt was preaching there?
1: Yeah, yeah. He was, he, there was, there was, um, oh, there was Bressy. Bressy was, 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 was there, but obviously not San Marcos.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a journey this was. This, oh, this, man. This church, by the way. Oh, jeez. Okay. So Monica's all in. She's in. She's in, yeah. And so, what happened to the other church that you going to Just said we're out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so g- keep keep going. Like, what what did it for you when you like with C three? What resonated with you, Matt? Like when you came back, what did it for you? Like, what what is it about it that you made you stick?
1: I I, the, I mean, there's so many things. I think how real it is. Um, how real our leadership is. Um how transparent everything is and just the power that flows through there and it's not like a it's not like this reservoir where it's only it's it's like grace and righteousness is only for the few people that uh, deserve it right it's it's there it's like it's a river man it's for everybody the 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 grace and the power and the authority and the joy and the willingness to like want to be and be, to be called for something greater than where you're at right now. Love you where you're at. love you right now where you're at. But your calling is so much greater. And I love that about awaken. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I feel the exact same way. That's like awesome.
0: literally they're obsessed with winning yeah. and helping you win. Right, so that we can build the kingdom together. Yeah, take
1: territory. Let's do it.
0: Like make make it an actual difference. Right through right. change. Yeah, which another one, Colin.
1: Oh my right? gosh! Right, when did you meet Colin? So I met Colin right away, um, and then Colin's also from Washington, so we have like this Washington connection. And then Colin brought down. Uh, you know call them melissa are amazing people What they brought down ashley and uh call them the bishop um God, i can't even think of his name right now dang it don't watch this bishop uh <laughs> but they brought the then they were from where i was living in washington from Puyallup this Puyallup this little town called Puyallup washington and so um we had a ton of like connection like Colin and Melissa like right away of like okay we know you know where this is you know where the fairgrounds are you know where this and then just being around somebody who like he loves to win but I I don't know I think he loves more when people win oh yeah no doubt about it, it it's it's funny like of of my whatever I played football for 22 years of my life right I'm 47 22 years of it we' playing football Wow the greatest compliment I've ever gotten wasn't, "Oh my gosh, you're so you're so strong, or you're so good, or you're so smart, or you're so anything." This one coach said to me, and he was only with me for like a month and a half. And he goes, "Corey, I don't understand you, man." He goes, "How is it that a backup center makes everybody around him better? Mm. Like, how how do you do it?" And I'm like, I, "It's it's what I speak. Nobody else. Everyone else is so afraid to speak life into people." Are not afraid, or they just—they think it's a weakness. They think that being positive or being um, encouraging is—it's is a, a sign of weakness, because I'm—I'm I'm acknowledging that you are doing a great job, and not—and that, that that makes me somehow look small. No, if 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 you all stay the same, if in, people in my life stay the same, and I'm in their life, they need to kick me out of their life. i'm doing them no justice i want people like and that's colin colin wants people to be so great that he's not going to waste his time letting you be okay and it's like it's so contagious and i think that that's the type of people that are so that's that's one example of many example like you're the exact you're that's you dude you're such a great example of that as a dad dude. i don't know how you do what you do as a dad where you can go from dance where your daughter's a badass dancer, to smacking home runs, to karate, to football, to movie time, to like your like everything you do just eludes excellence, and it's just awesome, man. You don't get tired, like I just like I love like there's nothing, like I I would love to see an off switch on you. If you're just like just knocked out, like it would be so <laughs> awesome to watch you just, and then you just wake up like let's go. You're a great husband, dude. You take your wife out and you honor your wife and you crush on the business side of it. Man, you just, it's, it's an honor to be like sitting here. It really is. Oh, man. I'm so grateful that he screwed up the first time. <laughs> I'm kidding, bud. You're doing a great job with your garden. That's what you're doing. The garden. Like, come eat a salad over at your house. That was hilarious that you brought that up. It's, it's, it's you got to see it. It's the most impressive thing I've seen. It's, it, the, his backyard is so I sick. have to look at this you now. have to
0: I have to. And, and it's sick I have to look at this and, and bro I can't tell you how much I appreciate that the kind sentiments because it's what it what's it's what drives me mm. uh, more than anything in my life is to just set the best example possible for being yeah. uh, a, a, a great human being mm. that's going after it every day and I'll tell you what man um, it means a lot because I just can't get enough of my kids and yeah. being there for them, yeah. being there with him, with them, <laughs> driving them everywhere, being at their sporting events because, you know, bro, look, look, look at your childhood. Look at my childhood. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a dad that was present at all, like mm-hmm. literally zero. Wow. And so I, like you, had a mom who was stronger than most men. Right. Right. Yeah. And this is why I grew up this positive, just like you, positive, making people around you better, uh, and, in, in, you know, encouraging words to people, lifting them up. It's because mm-hmm. of my mom yeah. and you're the same exact way. So now as fathers, you know, I look at that and look at the way I'm raising my, um, children and, and I'm going to be the opposite of what my dad was. God rest his soul, but I'm going to be yeah. the opposite. Sure. I'm going to be present. I'm going to be there with them because mm-hmm. they're only young once. Right. So I can't tell you how much that that means to me, bro, and and, uh, having you in here today. So I want you to sum this up now. Give me some more. I loved what you just said about, um, you know, what the nicest thing someone said to you. Um, Sum it up now because you you got King's Craft Coffee Co. I heard you got some uh, incredible opportunities on the table to expand the company, Mm -hmm. but let me know. Let's wrap this up with some inspiring words on what you took from your, let's say, your mother your football career and your attitude on life your spirituality into the business world now of owning and operating a company give me some stuff of what you took and what you're applying as as a business owner as someone who's making a difference taking territory what did you take and p- apply
1: like what are you applying now that you can tell people like I think I think the one um, I mean there's gosh there's so much but it, it's, it's such a fine line for not letting, you know, being in and, and you're in it too a little bit about being an, an employer to have employ, employees mm-hmm. that can come and go. Um, is that if they're going to, again, I want to make them better, but I also want them to know that there's that there's grace. Like nobody's perfect. And I know you're not out there trying to, to, to screw up on purpose or you're not trying to make mistakes or you're not trying. And, and even on your good and your bad, and you know, I, I had a coach once tell me, man, it's, um, you have to stay the course. Like, you don't have time. Like, he'd always say, just don't blink. Don't blink because it's going to be over. So you have to stay on the course. And why not make it the most fun and joyful and encouraging course that you can stay on? Like, that's a, cho- we get to make a choice. Like, uh. Like, my Peloton name is We Get To, right? Yeah. We get to make a choice. I have a choice to sit, strap on that dumb bike and ride it for 45 minutes or just, like, hang a coat on it. You know what I mean? And so we get, to, we get, a, we get a choice on how we talk to people. We get a choice on how we're going to show up. My wife says all the time, she's like, nobody, like, when are you going to stop competing with you? Like, I don't compete, I don't, I don't, and, and she'll look at me, and she'll be like, I'll, I'll be working out, and she'll be like, hey, did you beat your time? And she she knows that I'm out there, I'm like, okay, I've got this amount of time, I'm gonna just destroy myself, and then, and, and I'm gonna beat the last time I did this, and we do the Murph, and everything is just all about, okay, what did I do last year? And and, and she's like, when are you gonna stop competing with yourself? And I'm like, when I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> because this sucker is beating me something, and I, like, the, to myself, I'm like, oh, you oh, you think you're winning right now, huh, bud? And I would rather compete with myself at a high level than try to, to try to compete with somebody who is good, like a flash in the pan. But that they're not going to be there when I'm staying at that same level 10 days from now. Do you know what I mean? And so I think that it, when we w- I wake up every morning grateful. Like gratitude is is the number one key to to living a joyful life. No doubt. If you can't find grace or or gratitude in just standing up and breathing, you might want to lay back down and figure it out. Because it's just like, why not? Like why not? Why? why? <laughs> we got a choice, man. Yeah. We got to make the right one. And we're if I'm only here, shoot, I might walk outside and get jacked up by a bus. Listen, you're going to be like, that dude was, he was laughing before he was out there. That's what, that's what I, he had a choice. He was positive right to the last second. Right to that thing. How could he not see a bus hitting him? Like, move out of the way, bud. The <laughs> bus is coming. Move. You know what I mean? Like, why, that's what I'd say about me. Um,
0: so give me something here. I love this man because we have the same exact mentality when it comes to life and how we carry ourselves. Because with everything in life is we all have a choice. Yeah. We really do. People don't realize that or they don't want to admit it. Right. That's so like, true. they actually can choose to be happy Yeah, or choose to be in shape or choose to be out of shape or choose yeah. to be negative. So, right. all right, finish with this. Give me your, and I know it's you against you. Cause this is, that's a big thing is cause at the end of the day, it's, it, it is you against you, me against me. Right. To be, it's just the object of the game yeah. is to be better. Right. Be yeah. the best version of myself that I possibly can. Yes because I'm going to be able to be a a vessel for God and to help as many of his children as possible if I'm at the best that I possibly can be. That's the bottom line. Right. And that's what drives me. But let's go deeper. Give me your main why, or maybe that's it. Give me your main, we're going to finish with your why. Okay. Because the why, in my opinion, is the most important thing when you're going after it in life. This is for people that are going after it. This isn't Mm -hmm. for the people that are kicking back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking in the mirror, yeah. uh, blaming, making excuses, mm-hmm. uh, finger pointing victims, I call them. Right. Blaming well. everybody else, right? Yeah. This isn't for right. them. Right. This is. You guys can tune out right now, call it a day. Shut it down. But, <laughs> this is for those that are saying, you know what? I, I know that I'm meant for more. Yeah. I know I'm meant to make an impact. Yeah. And I'm not going to stop until I do. What's What's your main why? Why are you, what keeps you going every day when the going gets tough? When we got cash flow issues in our business, when we got employee stuff going on, (laughs) yeah. Give me your why.
1: Finish with your why. What keeps you going? I think that uh, the the voice that in my head that that I keep I keep hearing is, "You ain't seen nothing yet," Mm. and I've seen a lot of stuff, and I've 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 been fortunate and just been blessed to see a lot of life and a lot of amazing opportunity and. Um. I think that it would be a disservice to everybody around me, especially I, I say everyone around me, but I, like that makes me feel like it's like people are paying attention. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of it's kind of like cocky of me saying, oh, everyone around. Me. The truth of the matter is, is that everyone around me does not care, really. It's what I it's 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 but it, it, I do and I'm doing myself a disservice and my creator a disservice if I don't try to do if i don't try to set the bar for me as high as i can every day it's a huge disservice yep. and it's it's funny because like my kids are around the church a lot and they, they my boys is, they, they get this life sp- spoken over them and know your dad did this but the mantle that's passing on is going to be greater and it's going to be this and i believe that wholeheartedly but i still got a lot of living to do and my bar is not stopping and so they better buckle up and i my, my kids better buckle the F up because (laughs) I'm going to set this bar high and it's going to keep going and it's going to keep going. And it's not, it's not stuff. It's not, oh my gosh, we had a house here and a house there and this it's how are you going to treat somebody when they don't, they don't mean anything. They're not going to help you at all. And it's just a great thing that I get to speak into. I get an opportunity to train college kids that are going to the NFL. And my first thing I say to them is, is this is, I'm going to be the only person in your life in the next six months that I don't need anything from you. I don't want anything from you other than for you to be the best you. That's it. Just that's be it. the best you. And and then, and then you know, the, the old adage of, like, I want to speak about Jesus every single day of my life, and when necessary I'll use words. But if I can just live like I'm supposed to live, like, that's my why. Mm-hmm. Like, just freaking go get it.
0: That's it. Yeah. Set the best example possible. Possible. Be the best version of ourselves. It's that simple. Yeah. It's that simple.
1: And it, it gets that simple when you understand grace. Mm. Because so many people don't understand grace. Define grace for me. Grace is, grace is the gift that's given that where we we get it somehow twisted in our head. And the enemy gets into our head and says, oh, my gosh, you're never going to do it because you did X, Y, and Z. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says Jesus was beaten till he couldn't even people couldn't even notice him, and that beating that he took is the grace that covers you. I'm like, golly, grace, grace. I love that. It's crazy, and you 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 don't understand the best version of you if you if you if you can't let go of the worst version of you. Wow, you know what I mean. You can't let I can't let go of the worst version of me because I'm holding on to it but it's already been given taken away from me by, by this great great gift called grace. Now it, that gives me authority to be the best version of me and that's that's just it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm ending on that. That was fantastic. I love
0: that. Repeat that one more time. You can't know the best. I can. (laughs) You don't know the best of yourself until you can let go of the worst of yourself. Was that? That's it, dude. I love. I just got goosebumps everywhere. That's killer. That was fantastic, dude. I'm I'm honored that you came in here. Oh, Uh, we barely know each other. Quite frankly, right? We know each other a lot better now, but I'm really looking forward to bonding and connecting further with you and your family. And really getting to know you and forming a really great friendship so that you and I can make it happen. Oh, man. Make a difference. And make no excuses. Love it. Real deal talk, ladies and gentlemen. Corey Withrow.
1: (laughs) Real deal. We're out of here. That's it. Have a nice day. Yeah.